0: Hey everyone! This is the Everyday Leader podcast, where we hear from inspiring individuals building and leading teams across Africa. Today, I speak with Hakim Akeode from Lagos, Nigeria. Hakim is a business growth and marketing professional with extensive experience in edtech, fintech, e-commerce, and consulting startups. He currently works at UVerify, which helps startups and banks to automate their KYC compliance. In his spare time, he works with organizations and projects that enable small businesses and young people to grow. Hakeem and I spoke about how he leveraged his experience running his debate team in school, to the skills of learning, to listen to all, perspectives, collaborate with others, and craft logical arguments. We also deep dive into the world of KYC compliance and Hakeem's views towards the future of doing business. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi Hakeem, welcome to the Everyday Leader podcast. Great to have you here today.
1: Hi Chris, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So you serve as the head of growth and marketing at YouVerify in Lagos, Nigeria, uh, and I really look forward to to diving into that further. Uh, But before we do, I'd love to hear from you about an early leadership experience that you had and how that shaped how you have become a manager today.
1: Uh, Thank you, Chris. Uh, That's that's an uh, exciting question. Uh, so the earliest legislative experience that I had, um, was back in, uh, secondary school. Um, uh, so I, 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 my, my mother was, uh, was a debating coach and, uh, a counselor. And, uh, I would watch her teach, um, students, you know, how to be public speakers. And I picked up a couple of skills. So, I started debating um, when I was in junior secondary one. Um, that's like my first year in the, in the secondary school. And um, when I got to junior secondary class two, I was made the president of the debating society, which is something that's quite unusual, um, given that as the president, I have people on the executive team who were in GSS three, who were in SS two. And you know, and it was quite weird. So I learned earlier how to manage people who are much older and um, I mean, sometimes uh have some experiences better than you do. And um this not me collaboration early enough, right? And you know, I would go on to assume other positions, you know, um as I move up, you know, through my my educational journey. Um and this was something that really helped me, you know, connect with people and, you know, get them to work with you and also work with them, uh, without issues or solve the problems, you know, much faster than the average person. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's, that's the, that's the earliest leadership, uh, uh, experience that, that I have.
0: Uh, that's really interesting. I actually have not heard of, of anyone share about, uh, being, uh, in debate uh, so early on and how that fed into their leadership journey. But I imagine the, the art and the skill of uh, developing a sound uh, argument, uh, a logical uh, reason for, for, for taking one direction would be quite helpful when it comes to decision-making and leadership and convincing uh, and influencing others around you. Um, how much do you would you say uh, that debate experience uh, shows up to you even now uh, shows up really in, in how you lead your teams and go about your work?
1: I would say a lot, a lot. Um, you know, uh, when when you're debating um, to to make a solid argument, you'd have to consider points from your side and the opposition side. You know of the argument and uh, that helps you to not just put a good argument you know forward it also helps you predict angles by which your opposition can can come after you and prepare for them in advance um uh, this is basically analytical right and um it really helps me to date uh to, to consider things from an analytical point of view uh to to really look at the numbers uh critically and check for what influences them why they make sense why do they not make sense and how or how they could make sense you know um more importantly um when it comes to teamwork uh it it helps me one collaborate um better with my team uh and more importantly it, it has also helped um, it taught me early enough to to listen to to all ideas. You know, more like in, in design thinking, you know, at the first stage, you're just jump-packing ideas onto the board. No idea is useless at that stage. You will filter later on, but at first you're just listening to everybody, right? And I think I picked that up pretty early because um one thing it helps me do when it comes to managing my team essentially is to basically listen to to all ideas, right? Um, It might not make sense at first. um, It might make sense later on. Some might make sense immediately. Some can be refined. And some you have to, you know, um, respectfully say, this will not work, you know, um, a lot of times. And quite honestly, if I track back, I I really think that uh, debating, you know, helped a lot in, in building all of the skills early enough. And it's still an integral part of me still day.
0: And do you have an example of a, a case where you you weren't successful in, in influencing someone, and and how you kind of dealt with that?
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, I, I am I am um, laughing right because uh, if you check my LinkedIn recommendations, there uh, there is someone there who put a recommendation that I I did not expect. Um, so this was someone I worked with directly, um, you know, back in the university, and um, so then I, I was I was a member of an actors. Uh, I was actually the team leader of an actors in university, and I, I would do a lot of um, uh, what I would call persuasion, right? Persuade people to um, take up responsibilities. You know, try to um, make them see capacity uh even when they don't they do not know that they have it and um i mean i like to think one of my one of my superpowers is, is teamwork. um i know how to get people to work and I, I woke up one day and i saw that recommendation on linkedin she called me our first mentor and i'm like what how did this happen i i had no idea i had this much influence on people right um but what, what I do know or what I knew at that point was that um, I had a way to get people to work even when they do not want to. I had a way of influencing them to, um, you know, get things done. So as an actor student, we had one responsibility and it's to go into communities around us, look um, you know, at their problems and turn that problems into opportunities. That meets four basic criteria. You know, um, it has to be entrepreneurial, it has to be socially acceptable, um, it has to have economic impact, which means um if you're creating a project that the people who you who you're creating it for um should be able to make money, they should be able to earn a, a source of living from that project. And finally, it has it has to be sustainable, you know, and, and these are four um you know pillars that I've managed to build a lot of things around over the years. And you know, you can imagine students in, in a Nigerian university having to deal with the very stressful um Nigerian educational system, um, still having to literally go into communities and um for different communities, you know, um, across across the country or their local environment. Um, it's something that a lot of students will naturally want to avoid, but I just had a way of making people, you know, turn up and work. And all, all through my time in the Narcissus, we achieved a lot of really incredible stuff. Um, we won a couple of grants, and, and it, it, it was just—it uh, was a great experience. Um, and it wasn't just volunteering; it was also, you know, um, how a lot of us really got into uh, solving real-life problems early, um, you know, outside of the na- na- you know natural educational curriculum. Um, And it was really great. So that's what I noticed. I didn't even know that I had that much influence until, you know, uh, much later when when I see people drop such recommendations, uh, like, okay, wow, I didn't know this was going on. I was just trying to get things done. Right. Um, You know, so that's it for me, really.
0: And in in more recent years, you've taken on a lot of uh, growth oriented roles. Can you speak more about Uh, What attracted you or how you found yourself in in titles such as head of growth, head of business development, uh, and head of growth and marketing? Um, How did you uh, build up the kind of courage and expertise and experience to support a lot of uh, technology startups and helping them scale and how you uh, have uh, stepped into those leadership roles?
1: Uh, So it started with volunteering. Um, I started volunteering early, early enough, um, and I'm also a sucker for personal development. I'll give you an example. I got my project certification in my first year, project management certification in my first year in the university. Um, and I also like really started volunteering for roles really much, much early. Um, I remember um, in 100 level, uh, I, I joined a company called PMOB as a campus ambassador. Uh, so that's where it all started from. And so as campus ambassadors, we had a challenge to sell, um, you know, the, the company's uh, courses um, to students on campus. Uh, then it was it was project management certification. So they train you. And then, you know, help you prepare for the exams and, you know, you can pay to them. They take care of everything. And then you go write your exam and if you pass, you you get your certification. Um, So our challenge as ambassadors, you know, was to improve the awareness of uh, project management, get people interested and get them to to take the course or the training um, through the company and so um while it was called campus ambassadorship it was basically sales it was pure sales you know you had to learn about the product you had to understand the company um then you have to understand the people you're selling it to then you have to sell it and so i would go from class to class i would talk to people um, much higher up than me i'll talk to people in their fifth year in their sixth year and I'll try to convince them to to buy the course. And um, this was really where it began. So uh, in hundred level, I, I think in my first year I sold just two courses, and then in my second year I would I would go on to sell about ten. And I wasn't just selling this um, to have experience. I was also earning, you know, from from I was earning a percentage of um, every course that I sell of every every student who opts in to, uh, you know, take the training, you know, from the company, I earn something from that. And uh, this I did all through um, my time in the university. First I started as a campus ambassador. Um, Then the company trusted me to become growth lead. I went on to become a regional growth lead, you know, at the company. Um, this company today is actually uh, one of the largest providers of tech education in Africa. It's called Utiva today. I'm sure um, the name Utiva must ring a bell. But it actually started as PMOB, then became HCC Center, and then became Utiva. And I was actually with them all through this process, right, as a campus ambassador and then as crude lead. So it started with volunteering and taking up campus ambassadorship roles on campus and then you know, um, they became full time roles. Um, one thing it also helped me with, with a lot is that um, by the time I left the university, I didn't have to go looking for a job. Um, utiva was not the, the only organization that was campus ambassadors for. I would go ahead to, to work with companies like um, uh, uh, You know, a couple of NGOs, you know, I, I was campus director with alt I was team lead with Enactus. Um, I was campus ambassador, uh, you know, with a couple of other companies. I had a stint with Unilever at some point. Um, I had some relationships with Indomie at some point. Um, I also worked with the, a fintech called um, Jetseed um, at some point. And so before i left school i had a couple of these companies you know making me offers and saying uh we want you to join join us uh when you la- when you leave um so i would go ahead to to join Jetseed, um you know as, as a growth lead and um that that's where it really all all started from
0: so so you made this transition from uh almost a part-time voluntary kind of commission-based role during your university years and you uh, transform that into a full-time uh, head of growth role at a, an actual uh, startup. Obviously, uh, Utiva, as you mentioned, it was it has been a successful uh, company on, in his own right. Um, how did you uh, navigate that transition to then become, uh, you know, a full-time employee and focused uh, mostly within that uh, company to kind of. Uh, be a manager, and I imagine you started to uh, take on more projects. Maybe people management. Uh, can you speak a bit more about that experience and what you, some of your early learnings were around people and project management in the workplace?
1: uh, uh yes, yes. Um, I think that uh, that's quite an important question. Um, so people management uh, at first came naturally. Um, Uh, Because, you know, back in the university days, I uh, was already managing a lot of people. Um, For instance, let me give you a background into how my relationship with um, Jetseed started. Uh, So we were in school, uh, we were putting together an event, a debating event actually, and we needed sponsorship. And uh, most of uh, the sponsors we wrote, most of the companies we wrote um, weren't Uh, sponsoring us with with funds. Um, It's actually something that that can be quite difficult as a student in Nigeria. And um, Jetseed responded one day and says, okay, we'll give you X amount of money um, if you can get X amount of students to um, use our product. And I said, by all means, we'll we'll take up that challenge. And so uh, we started. Started creating awareness, you know, created different digital assets, did a couple of marketing. um, And also we had some some physical uh, campaigns um, in different parts of the school. And we met our target even before the event. And I think this really impressed the company. Um, To do this, I had to build a team, you know, and and manage them and get them to work without pay uh, during that period. So uh, these were some of my earliest exposure uh, to people management. But it's also very, very different from how you really manage people in the workplace. And I think the difference is quite um, obvious now. At first I struggled with it. And that's that um, leadership in its sense has one very key component that a lot of leaders tend to miss out on and it's that the followers are willing to follow. The moment the followers are no longer willing to follow, then you're no longer leading. You don't coerce people to follow you. You influence them to, they naturally submit, they naturally want to follow you. You don't pass away. Um, so back in school, um, it, it, was, it was very easy, right? Because most people who volunteer to take up such roles, uh, all looking for the same thing, the one experience. But moving on into the workspace, um, people are relatively experienced to a point. And I also have to mention that I, I was much younger than um, most of the people that I worked with at first. I mean, they knew that I was just coming fresh out of school. Um, but I was I was supposed to lead them, I was meant to lead them. Um, so it was very difficult. I had to go from The things I know, um, I I basically had to, um, you know, learn to to unlearn a lot of things that I knew and start really reading up and taking up a lot of short courses and leadership um, to really try to understand how to connect um, with a lot of those people and how to uh, mostly influence them um, without having to do a lot of talking, without having to do a lot of persuading. And, and this really helped, right? Um, so, so I went back to learn as much as I could. Uh, I started taking a lot of short courses. I started attending a lot of conferences, you know, to, to really support what I thought I knew, um, to make sense of what working in, um, you know, working full-time uh, in an office looked like. In a startup, more importantly, um, Things are more more fast-paced, right? Um, the higher ops wants results a lot faster, you know, than than an average company. Um, because really, there is no time in Chinese startup. Everything is an experiment. Everything, and um, you know, the, the 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 more time you spend on an experiment, um, the lesser time you have to try other things. And if you don't try enough things, you might not really find what, what can work better. You know, so you have to be willing to experiment a lot. And this was pressure that I had to cope with that was really different from um, you know, what I had been exposed to earlier as a student, right? Um, but really, um, a lot of those courses helped, and more importantly, because I had learned to connect with people early on, um, it, it gave me a unique style. In a team, um, I'm not just that person that comes on um uh provides the direction to what we want to do and just, um, you know, give tasks. I like to really understand what's going on in the lives of the people that I work with. I like to understand what inspires them, um, what makes them tick, what makes them happy to work. Um, when they are not performing, um, to expectation, two or three things that might be responsible on a personal level, uh, because this really helps me, um, Understand what's going on with them and provide the kind of support that they need at that point in time, you know. So I'm happy to say that for every team that I've been privileged to lead, um, I have a very good relationship with virtually everybody on my team, and you know I know how best to provide support to them when they need it. Um, I'm basically friends with everyone that I work with um, or everyone I've been privileged to lead till date. Even when I transition to new companies or take up new challenge i have an open door policy you know where they can always come to me and ask for support you know ask for help or maybe just um you know have a, a bottle of drink with me and you know just have random conversations um you know about where they are in their career or whatever support that that they need and this really was something that you know i learned earlier on in school that i've been able to to take into you know my roles uh, but quite honestly it was difficult at first but um you know thanks to tons of resources you can find on the internet today and also the support very important the support of some of the managers that i work with at first um you know it got easier by today
0: amazing uh, it's uh really great to hear that journey you've been on and, and how you have continued to find ways to not only uh, develop yourself, but also to kind of give back and support others on their own journey. Um, can you share a bit more about uh, your current role at verify uh, wh- what does the, the company do and how do you contribute uh, as its head of growth and marketing? How does that link to its mission? And I uh, would love to hear a bit more.
1: Uh, so UVerify is one of Africa's uh, biggest uh identity verification companies um what we do is uh, we build software products for other businesses um to onboard customers verify the identities of their customers uh, verify the identities of their partners of you know other businesses that i work with um to monitor their transactions and um, you know discover fraudulent or potentially fraudulent transactions much faster. Um, uh, You know, to to also do background checks, uh, you know, on uh, potential customers, potential partners, um, to check if someone they have as a customer or they're looking to work with is perhaps wanted in other countries, if they're on the money laundry list or if they're politically exposed. Um, Basically, we provide services that helps keep other companies compliant um, with the rules and regulations of their local business environment and to potentially also keep them safe from fraudulent activities, you know. Um, Our product is essentially super useful to companies in um, the financial services sector. but it's very useful to all companies because every company needs to perform KYC or KYB. So, KYC is know your customer, KYB is know your businesses. Um, that's for B2B companies, right? Um, you know, also KYT, you know your transaction, sometimes also known as transaction monitoring. Um, that's to really monitor transactions in your system to ensure people are not um, potentially laundering money through your platform. Um, you know, and then there is the uh, 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 know your partners, know your business partners. Um, there is also the uh, you know the company search, uh, and there is a lot of ways by which we provide the services. Right, so naturally, people or businesses can come to a platform, you know, and register and manually upload CSV files, and our system will do that or startups, you know, can also connect with us via APIs, right, that is directly linked to their own product. So they consume our services on their product. Um, You know, and there's so many things we, you know, we we do to ensure that companies, you know, enjoy the best of what we have to offer. Um, uh, There's the biometric uh, technology that is used to, Um, you know, really confirm the identities of of people or to sanction a particular transaction. Um, There's the facial Compare, uh, you know, that helps you to really decide that um, it's an actual um, person uh, that is trying to access your service, you know, that is also on whatever ID documents that they've compared to you. What the system basically does is it, it, it takes the person's image and compares it with the image that they have on a government database, you know, to tell you whether it's a merge or whether it's someone else is trying to impersonate that person um, to, to use your service. Um, there's also the liveness check that helps you confirm that this person is actually a living, breathing person. It's not an image, it's not a, a wax, you know, it's the actual living person. Uh features or products that we have to provide these services to, to all our customers. The use cases really is quite broad, you know. Um, We have customers from different industries um, and the transportation sector. We work with companies like Bolt in Nigeria um, to provide verification services for the onboarding of their drivers and also for confirmation of the drivers. Um, In the FinTech uh, financial services sector, we work with about 60% of the banks in Nigeria, you know, to provide them services to onboard their customers verify your identities, verify their addresses, verify their guarantors. Um, in the gaming industry, we work with um, uh, uh, the Lagos State Lottery Board and a lot of other, uh, you know, gaming uh, uh, betting platforms, right, to, to verify the identities of their customers, to verify the identities of their guarantors. Um, you know, we work with a lot of HRs to verify the identities of their candidates, their employment history, and also their guarantors you know. Um, These days you have a lot of people uh, pretending to be what they're not, claiming to work at places they've never been to. So it's really important for companies who are trying to hire rights to verify employment records you know. Have you really worked where you claimed to have worked in the past? This is something we help uh, you know a lot of HR agencies and businesses do. Address verification is something that is also like super difficult um, in Africa generally uh, for so many reasons, right? Africa has a very poor addressing system, and it makes it really difficult to build um, technology products that adapt to this process. I mean, even Google Maps is learning about the African addressing system on a daily basis and updating on the go and also as a company we've managed to like really build technology and the human resource needed to verify addresses you know across Nigeria and in some other parts of africa uh, these are many more are uh, some of the um you know products and services that we provide to our customers at you verify um i mean it's a pure b2b saas um product right and and my role as head of growth really involves um Improving the awareness um, of our product and services um, and across, across the continent, across the world really, because c Verify is not just a Nigerian company, we're actually um, a US-registered company, and a lot of our services are actually consumable across the world. For example, our company our verification product is global. Um, if you're a B2B company, before you onboard the company on your platform, you need to verify that company is a legit legal entity registered in accordance with the law of whatever country they operate in, and this is something that we can verify for you within seconds, right? I would also, you know, return to you a lot of really quality information, including, you know, who are the people who are the shareholders of this company and who is the ultimate beneficiary of that particular registered company. You know, so um, my team is tasked with the responsibility of Doing a number of things that includes one, improving the awareness of our products and services, you know, across the continent, across the world. Um, supporting the product team, you know, by coming up with a lot of product-led strategies, um, recommending in product um, adjustments, additions, or development based on customer data. Um, you know, uh, we also work with customers a lot to understand what their pain point is. Um, what features you know uh, you know they would like to, to see us build or to see us improve. A, a really good fun fact is that a lot of the new features that we have built over the years have come as recommendations from, from some of our customers to say um, really need this service is this something you can provide to us you know And if we get a lot of requests like that, you know we go out to build because the customers are king eventually and this is something that that my uh, you know, my team does. We also have, we handle communications internally and externally, right? Um, you know, um, PR engagements, press releases, you know, a lot of things in, in that regard. Um, also in my team, um, you know, we have a programs and partnerships team. Um, at UVerify, verify we're very big on partnerships, right? Um, whatever we, we can do to support the growth of the tech ecosystem in, um, you know, the, the markets that we're currently operating, we're very happy to contribute, right? So uh, we have a, a, an open door policy to partnerships. We want to talk to other companies. We want to talk to other businesses. We want to see how we can support them, um, you know, uh, uh, to get better, right? Uh, these are some of the things that that my team does. Really, we we'll basically handle communication with the. Uh, uh, the external world with, with, with the public, right. And sometimes even internally, you know, amongst different teams, right. Um, and I mean, I am privileged to, to be leading that team at the moment.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much for taking us through that. It, it definitely sounds like you Verify and the technology that you bring through the various forms of KYC is really crucial in, in underpinning uh, so much of, of the new economy, whether it's uh, remote work, gig work, access to uh, financial products, this whole tech ecosystem is reliant on technologies like this KYC to, to make it all possible um, because it dramatically brings down the costs of doing some of these things uh, that used to require in-person uh, verification. So uh, that that sounds like you're doing amazing work and glad to hear that you're so open to to partnerships. And uh, just as we start to wrap up, uh, my last question is is to really unpack how you as a leader, as a manager, balance both the growth and marketing in your title. Um, so you mentioned working with some of these other departments and other teams within you verify and even external stakeholders. How do you balance both of those responsibilities? Because as you know, uh more intimately, growth and marketing are slightly different things, uh, and so how do you make sure that in your role you're living up to both of those uh, key responsibilities?
1: Uh, to be honest, it, uh, it's a lot of work, um, but I also happen to have a fantastic team, and um, I also have to mention a really incredible CEO um, who uh, basically support um, you know me on, on on this on this journey um you know growth is very analytical in nature right you have to keep your eyes on the numbers you have to keep your eyes on the analytics and marketing um you know is a lot of experimentation um but i think one one key thing that has really helped me is is my team i work with professionals who are like really outstanding at what they do who are not afraid to take up new challenges and new tasks and i also have a you know a team of um a management team that's very supportive, you know, that's um, open to experimentation, that's open to new ideas, uh, that's willing to try new things out, new things out rather, um, that's not afraid to to lose some money in the course of experimenting with other things. Right. Uh, because, I mean, as we've learned over the years and through the course of history, um, sometimes the best of innovation is discovered in experimentation. Um, you know so I have a team that really supports supports this idea um it's comfortable you know helping you or doing whatever you need them to do um you know to to unlock new ideas to um, discover new channels new opportunities and and this really helps in in balancing out um you know my responsibilities on on both ends this is very major um you know for me
0: amazing and uh, just as we wrap are there any uh, trends in terms of uh, remote work, team leadership, or even the, the broader kind of KYC tech ecosystem that you would want to um, highlight or, or mention uh, to our audience?
1: Uh, definitely. Um, I mean, starting with, with KYC, um, as we're seeing, um, one trend that's um, really scary lately um, is the trouble that lots of founders are running into with uh, regulators across the world. Um, a couple of months back, uh, some founders in the US were sentenced to, to jail just for, um, for being called people KYC infractions in the United States. Um, in Kenya today, a, a lot of companies, a lot of companies are also you know, in trouble um, you know emanating from KYC infractions. Um, this basically, I like the, the importance of, of KYC, the importance of due diligence and compliance, you know, across industries. KYC is actually super important for all founders. And perhaps one thing people do, do not also know or that I've come to recognize that lots of founders do not know, um, is that KYC is backed up by the law. It's compulsory. People have to do it. Companies need to invest into into doing KYC. A very shocking, or should I say, scary trend is that a lot of new founders, the younger founders building today, are building without compliance in mind. It's as though everybody's just excited to ship a product to the market with zero knowledge of compliance. Um, this really has to change. And for us as a company, we are investing a lot into you know trying to improve knowledge about that in the ecosystem. Um, you know, and we hope that changes over the years, and people will not have to lose what they have built or have to go to jail because you know somebody laundered money through their system, or because you know they have KYC infractions, um, you know, on the system. So, so, that's one thing that I've noticed over the years, and I, I would really, you know, love to change. Away from that, um, uh, technology really is improving the way we live and do business very fast. And one thing that I've also noticed is as it's um, it would appear as though um, scammers, um, hackers, um, cybersecurity attackers are growing faster um, <laughs> than a lot of you know technology, um, you know uh, uh, improvements. Right today you have um, incredible deep fake solutions, right? Where people can literally take the form of someone else online and, you know, they can get on video calls, looking and sounding like someone else completely. And what it also means is that um, companies really have to start investing, you know, a lot in countermeasures, a lot in solutions that helps to keep them safe. Uh, this is one thing that we also you know really provide um by by using multi-level, you know, different kind of layers of, of identity verifications to really confirm the actual identities of, of people. Um, you know, that's another thing that companies like really, really have to look out for and, and to invest in. Um you know, away from that, um you know um the development development in the tech ecosystem is really teaching us that um collaboration really is is the way um is the way to 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 grow um you have to be uh, open to working with people you have to be open to employing the services of a consultant you have to be open with partnering with uh, other you know companies in your ecosystem to really Uh, Not just build the industry, but also grow um, as a player, um, as a company. And, um, you know, uh, there's a whole lot, but this this will be very key for me. Um, For uh, companies who are building, uh, for the creators' economy, right? Um, uh, People who are building uh, uh, opportunities for freelancers to come on board and work and earn a living. It's also really important that this company starts to invest in in verification uh, systems, right? Um, In identity verification, in uh, skills verification, right? Uh, Because what we have noticed also over the months or over the years is the trend where, um, you know, people appear to be professionals when they are not. Um, Some months back, there was a Nigerian founder on, on the streets of Twitter, who came to lament about how um, an hacker came into their team in the guise of um, a software developer and didn't turn in any project. And a couple of weeks after he was let go of, um, it was discovered that he had actually hacked into their system. He had changed the login to um, a lot of, of, uh, of their access keys, it was literally running the company into the ground. Um, they had even gone ahead to take loans using official sensitive documents of, of the company. And this really is something that can happen when companies um, refuse to do their due diligence before bringing someone on a team, you know, before employing, um, you know, new people into into their um, their workplace. Um, you know, so that verification is super important, especially the skills verification, right? companies need to start investing, freelancing websites, um, you know, gig sites need to also like really start investing um, into verifying the credentials of, you know, the people that they hire. Um, One, so that they can be safe, and two, so that they can ensure that at all times, what their platform is turning out is really quality people who can do what they have claimed to be able to do, you know, and generally doing all of these things, keep the ecosystem safe for us all, uh, because like it or not, um, when an ecosystem is, or when an industry is hit by a lot of these troubles, you know, um, it sends the wrong signal across the industry, right? Um, some panic, some sheavers, some everybody really just playing their part and doing their due diligence contributes to a healthy ecosystem, you know, for us all. You know, so just these are some of the trends that I've noticed, you know, and I, um, I really hope that um, managers, that companies, that founders, you know take this into consideration and really um, invest in um, uh, identity verification and you know transaction screening uh, across board
0: hakim thanks so much for uh, speaking with us today sharing about your leadership journey from from the the debate society all the way to uh, heading up growth and marketing at uverify and, and everything that you have taken on in terms of uh, being a thought leader in the kyc and and uh, space in the booming tech economy, uh, based out of Nigeria, but uh, serving a global uh, customer base. Thank you so much, and I look forward to continuing to follow you on your journey.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Chris. Um, uh, you know, I'm super, super excited to be here, and I look forward to speaking with you again.